Good morning, everyone. This is First Things right here at First Apostolic Church, and we're so glad to be here with you. And it is 2022. So hard to believe that we can utter that sentence. It's 2022. But the Lord has been good, and I can't think of a better way to start our very first corporate service here at First Apostolic Church than to give God glory and praise for all that he's done and all that he is and all of his faithfulness. So why don't we do that right now? Let's give him a hand and worship him and thank him and praise him. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of all praise and glory. You are worthy today, Lord Jesus. Amen. And we're so glad to have you with us today, whether you're here at uh, main campus or watching online, Facebook, YouTube, or listening on our phone live stream system, because today, for First Things, we're dedicating uh, our conversation to that very concept, a look back on the blessings that we have seen in 2021, uh, what God has done, what God has spoken to us, some of the things that uh, the Lord has been doing or the ways that the church has grown in 2021, and also as an opportunity to begin with faith to look at 2022. What are some things that we see or kind of see on the horizon or believe the Lord is going to bring to pass in our church in 2022? One thing is for sure, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Even if you just talked about 2021, you could talk for hours and hours about everything that he's done and really just glorify God and uh, just just witness his glory and his majesty and his faithfulness. But we want to take this time just to, to, to focus on some key takeaways from 2021. And of course, uh, it's great to, to talk with Pastor Dillingham about this. Who better to kind of, from a eagle eye, from a very high vantage point, look at 2021 all of the testimonies you've received, and uh, not everybody is privy to all those testimonies, but there's got to be tons of them that come to you from places that we don't even really think about, and things that God has done. So just generally speaking, what are some key takeaways from 2021 that you saw the Lord doing, or the way that you saw the Lord's hand at work in our ministry or even in Northwest Ohio, around the state, around the world. Yeah, no, so I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for God's provision and blessing in 2021. Amen. And, uh, you know, every year, I think, I think the same thing can be said when you, kind of when you take a look back and analyze, and, and that is uh, God's been faithful. Amen. Through it all, God's been faithful uh, there have been some, some great moments, great victories and experiences that we've had. There's also been some great challenges. I, I, think, I think, you know, 2021 has been like most years, but it's had its unique challenges and kind of unique difficulties yeah. and, and whatever. I, I think some of the key takeaways from the last year have been, I, I really feel like that there's been, um, you know, kind of this, this recalibration or this filtering back. Yeah. A lot of the things, so, so kind of from that high view and high perspective, if you kind of, kind of pull away instead of getting down in the weeds, right. if you kind of just pull yeah. away and look big picture, I think one of the things that, that is happening is that a lot of things that we thought we knew or that, that we kind of had put our dependence on yeah. have been challenged. Right. And for example, 
you know, the last couple of years, the financial yeah. aspect of our nation, of our world, right. has been significantly challenged. Uh, you know, the, 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 the stability, I'll say it that way, kind of that stability of it. I think, I think the, the, the rise and fall and rise again of Bitcoin and all of that kind of stuff. The fall and the rise and right. fall and the rise and fall and rise. Depending on every hour, right? right? Yeah. It really, it, I think it really illustrates kind of where we're at, that, that there, there's a lot of uncertainty in a lot of yeah. these things. Right. And we see a sense of frustration and anxiety and even panic in our yeah. world today right. because what we're seeing is a lot of the things that we've depended on for so long uh, a lot of the things that have been trusted from yeah. a natural sense, right. they, those things are being challenged, have been challenged, that you can't, you really can't put your trust in that, which I think is a beautiful thing. Right. Even, yeah. even for believers, it's very easy to start putting our trust in things that are tangible, that are physical, that are visible, yeah. and uh, versus putting our trust in you know, in an invisible God that we can't see. We can feel him, but we can't see him. And so, so I think one of the key takeaways from 2021 is this, this refocus that the things of this world are temporal. Yeah. They're not, right. they're not something, they're, they're, Jesus described them as shifting sand. Yeah. Everything in this world is nothing but shifting sand. No matter how solid, no matter how strong it might look, whether it's a whether it's government, yeah. whether it's finances, whether yeah. it's a career, everything is shaky and, right. and 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 whatever. And it just is a reminder to us that if you'll build your life on the solid rock of Jesus, yeah. Jesus said, the storm's coming. Right. The winds are gonna come, the waves are gonna come. I don't care what the year is, I don't care what's going on in your in your world. Though the wind is going to come. Yeah. And what you build your house on. Not the structure. The structure's not, and when you talked about this in your lesson, it's, it's not really the structure of what right. it looks like. Yeah. It's what's that foundation, what is that right. built yeah. on that determines whether that structure's gonna yeah. stand or not. I love, I think you mentioned this recently, um, and the, the thought, it just, going back to this whole concept of faith perspective, it really, you know, when, when you go back to that, all of the things that are causing people that, contention, that contentious feeling, fearfulness, even anxiety, uncertainty in finances, uncertainty in, uh, you know, just the institutions of the world. Those things, if you really look at it, they really are gifts to the church because it reminds us yeah. that we should not be trusting in those things. Now, we are not like, we're not anarchists that want to see these things fail, but we also know that we don't put our trust in them. We put our trust in the Lord alone. He's the only one that really, uh, when it comes to my family, when it comes to me and, and my household, we, I tell my children all the time, there's only one thing we can be certain of, and that's the Lord is good and you can trust in him. Yeah. And that's, that's it. Other things might fall into place, they might not, but you can trust in the Lord. And what I liked about what you said a couple weeks ago is that some of these things from a, a position of comfort they, we look at them and we think, man, this is really bad, this discomfort. But really, it's a gift from God because what it's doing is it's recalibrating our, our viewpoint back to him yeah. to the point where we trust only in him. And when I look at great revivals, when I look at people that really had a hold of the word of God and really changed the world, uh, 
for the sake of the kingdom of God, they are people that had nothing to trust in but him. And it's good to see that we are being led along that path. Absolutely. And I think, I think one of the things is we have a tendency to romanticize the past. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we have a tendency to, yes. to, to have a look through rose-colored glasses right. at the yeah. past, right? right? And we only remember, you know, the things that, that like I saw, I saw uh, somebody, a friend of mine posted a picture of one of those little game, little football games yes. from back in the 80s, yeah. like Norelco or something, right. I don't know what it was, but yeah. little, 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 little yeah. game, Norelco, I think that's a shaving company, <laughs> that, yeah, they, I don't know. They were in a lot of things, uh, they yeah. had their hands in a lot of things. But, so... And, and you look back and you're like, oh, dude, that was so awesome. Yeah. It was really lame. It, it is. It was extremely I, lame. I had that. And I think Christmas time that we just, we just had a wonderful Christmas season, but that's really the time when you're really susceptible to it because there's a lot of, I guess the word is nostalgia. Sure. But I hope I'm not alone. You ever been very nostalgic about something because it was from your childhood, from your past, and we're like, that was awesome. Remember, that was like... Those were like the good days. I'm going to go back, and you went and you experienced it again. And you were like, yeah, it's kind of kind of silly. It's right. It's not even good anymore. Right. It's like you kind of wish you hadn't have opened that door, and it could remain in the nostalgia zone of your brain, right? But that's what happens because you only remember, you know, certain things. I went back. My dad got uh, inducted into a coaching hall of fame, and I went back to the school that I, I first started at, kindergarten through fourth grade. Yeah. And I had this view of what school was like when yeah. I was in first through fourth grade, and, <laughs> yeah. and the cafeteria was so massive, and the gym was amazing, whatever. And I walked in, I was like, oh, what? Right. Yeah. Like, it's so much smaller, remember, right? It's so much smaller than what you remember it as. We have a tendency to romanticize the past to, to, because of the nostalgia component, whatever. And, 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 and here's, here's, again, the truth of it and the reality of it is that Sometimes we, we look back and we, we wish things were like they were yeah. back then. Right. Whatever back then is. Whatever yeah. kind of that key moment. One of the things that, that um, I noted when I was evangelizing was I could almost pinpoint, if it, was, if it was a church that had been around for a long time, I could almost pinpoint what era that church had its greatest revival. Oh, Yeah. If it because because the services everything stayed the same because it was that season where they experienced the greatest yeah, revival yeah. we don't often deal well with changing so we look we, we want to hold on to that and so one of the things so what does that have to do with with 2021 well I think it has a lot to do because sometimes what we can do is we can look back and say I wish now I wish this last year would have been like it was back when right. I remember yeah. but but what you're forgetting is Back in 1984, there were a lot of difficulties and a lot of challenges, just like every year that there's been from the beginning of time right. until now. There's been yeah. difficulties and challenges. And right. the truth is this. Here, here's, here's the truth. No matter how bad we want it, I mentioned this the other day uh, when I was preaching that you know, we, we're, we can't go back to Mayberry. Right. We can't go back to a time, to a nostalgic time when we think it was better. Yeah. And we can look at our world and say, well, I don't like this. I don't like government. I don't like, you know, vaccine mandates. I don't like this. I don't. And that's okay. It's okay to, right. to have a, a thought or opinion or feeling about those kinds of things. But to wish that we could go back to another day, number one, it's foolhardy because it's not possible. 
we're not going back to that. Right. We are where we are. Yeah. And once you have an experience, you, you, you can't go back to what things were. But what we can do is look at it and say, what is God doing in this hour? Right. Yeah. And what I know is this. We are so much closer to the coming of the Lord today right. than we've ever been in yeah. the history of the world. Absolutely. That ought to give every child of God Turn off Fox News, turn off CNN, turn off all the prognosticators and everything right. else and get our eyes focused on the eternal. If we'll identify yeah. that, that everything that is happening is a fulfillment of God's purpose and of God's plan yeah. so that he can bring us to that place where he's ready to split the eastern skies, the trumpet's gonna sound, the dead yeah. in Christ are gonna rise first, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. It ought to be an encouragement for us. Right. It ought to Absolutely. be something that, that, come on somebody, it ought not be a, a, a discouraging, frustrating, irritating thing. It ought to be every time we see these things happening, going on in our world, we ought to give God praise. We ought to thank Amen. him because we're one step closer Amen. to everything that we've desired and everything that we've lived yeah. for. And I, I love that you, you mentioned that closeness to the coming of the Lord, which we know in scripture uh, that... The, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, there's two things that are going to happen. There's going to be that, that great discomfort from all these end-time events, but there's also going to be a great revival and yeah. a great outpouring of the Spirit. So we're going we're gonna to key in on that point because we do believe that we have been given a vision and a mission at First Apostolic Church that ties in directly to that prophecy that there's going to be a great outpouring. There's going to be a revival. And uh, that is in terms of the multiplication discipleship concept that, that we have been focused on and uh, praying about, talking about, living as best we possibly can. So in what ways in 2021, in terms of multiplication discipleship culture, uh, did the church move forward? What, what are some doors that were opened? Or what are some things that happened that really helped us to be better disciples in that regard? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think it would be hyperbole to suggest that the last two years have been some of the most challenging and difficult as it pertains to the mission. Yeah. Because everything about what we've experienced since the, the you know, since the, the lockdown started in March of 2020, um, all of this has, has been a separation of relationship. Yeah. And it's made it very, very difficult. It's, that, that, that's been a very challenging thing. What I would say is this. So, so we've talked about around here about multiplication, the vision for multiplication. And uh, you know, we've talked about the map to multiplication, which is moving from this place of membership into mobilization, membership yeah. meaning good people. We volunteer, we give, yeah. we show up, we come, and, and, right. and basically receive a service. We, we volunteer, we're a part of it. But moving from that place of membership into a place of mobilization where each individual has a burden and responsibility yeah. to engage with their world. It's not, it's not the institution of the church's responsibility. Yeah. It's, it's us as individuals. And the individual is institutions cannot multiply. Only individuals can multiply. And so one of the great takeaways from 2021, I think, is that 
A lot of times, the map to multiplication is membership to mobilization, which is getting us into our world. And then from mobilization to missionaries, which is getting Jesus into that world that we've gotten into for the purpose of identifying discipleable people. And then that leads to multiplication, starting discipleship multiplication groups and whatever. And we have many of those multiplication groups that are taking place right now. But one of the things that I have loved about this last year, in spite of isolation and lockdown, people being scared out they ever loving minds, yeah. come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a conversation with you because they're scared to death about things, right? And, and all of that kind of stuff. In spite of all of that, one of the things that I love is that our church has made this massive shift to mobilization. Yeah. One of the things that... that one of the things we typically do in the church is we skip that first step, and this is what we've identified in this process, is we go straight for membership and we want to be missionaries, but we want to be missionaries in places where we don't genuinely have relationships, right. not real yeah. natural relationships, and that's a very difficult thing to accomplish when you're trying to um, identify who's discipleable, but you don't really know that person. You don't know what's going on in their world. One of the things that I've loved is in spite of the, in spite of isolationism that has become just so predominant in our world today, yeah. we have many, 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 many people in our congregation right now, in our church family, that is living mobilized lives. Yeah. They're, li- they're, they're engaged in their world. Right. It may not always show up, and I think this is important for the church to understand, it may not always show up in church attendance numbers. But here's the deal. Church attendance numbers, is, that's not the final identifier of missional success. Right. Yeah. Right? That's what we've, we've looked at it and said, well, the bigger your church is, the more missionally successful you are. And we all know that churches are filled with people that are not always living their lives committed to Jesus. So that's not the marker. The marker is watching people begin to let Jesus change what they care about and, and, and begin to experience change in their life. That takes time. And, and the reason most people don't do discipleship multiplication is because it takes, it takes more time yeah. than just doing a big event, right. making us feel good, a bunch of people show up, a bunch of people get the Holy Ghost, and then they disappear and they're gone. Yeah. But if you can get people living mobilized in their world, here's, what's, here's what I have confidence in. If we'll get mobilized in our world, people will see the Jesus in you. I have great confidence in our church family that you love Jesus, that you let Jesus work in your life, that yeah. you're experiencing his transformation in your life. Right. All we got to do is just get in people's yeah. lives and let them see that living for Jesus, how many can testify that living for Jesus is the better way? Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Living for Jesus is the better way. And if we yeah. can just get around, like, and I'm talking, when I'm talking about getting around, I'm not talking about just being in the vicinity of people. I'm talking about getting in their world, being connected with them in a, in a real personal relationship. When they get to a place where they're scared to death that they're going to get COVID and they yeah. see the peace of God that you possess, they're going to want to know, is it because you got the vaccine? And you'll be able to say, no, it's because I got Jesus. You may have the vaccine, but my my confidence is not in medicine. My confidence is not in vaccines. My confidence is in Jesus. 
right? When people are, are scared to death about their finances and they see you living with peace, even though you've gone through troubles right. and difficulties, yeah. it's not that you have confidence in your job or your career. It's you have confidence that Jesus is the provider. Yeah. So I love, I love, 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 love. I'm more excited. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm more convinced that we're on yeah. the right track to multiplication than I've ever right. been before in my life because we have so many people that are living mobilized lives yeah. and getting into places we've never been before. Well, I'm going to ask this, but you may not be prepared to answer it because sometimes you have to make sure you talk beforehand. Okay. But just to be sure, um, is there an example of what it means to be mobilized? Because um, obviously, we, I think grasping the concept of what it means to be a missionary is pretty simple. You know, you're trying to spread the gospel to somewhere, but I think that's, um, you're right. We, that's what we, we think of evangelism as that. So I'm going to go to this area, and I'm just going to preach in this area, and the Lord's going to do the work. Well, uh, what we need to be thinking is we need to go into an area and build relationships. So what's an example um, of someone being mobilized that you have seen maybe very effective in 2021? Yeah, uh, there, there are a lot of examples, and I'm trying to run through that filter to make sure that I don't. Right. I, don't <laughs> I, I mean... I don't want to. I don't want to put you on blast. <laughs> That's okay. But one of the. I mean, one of the things I love. We had a conversation this last yeah. week about you know some of the things that you're doing in your neighborhood right. to get connected. We walked into City Barbecue and yeah. you introduced me to your neighbors right. and the relationships. Yeah. So maybe you, maybe you want to share sure. about that. I, the, well, yeah. I mean, I I can. I'll tell you. My wife would testify as well that we were extremely blessed with the situation. You know, a couple years ago, the tree falls on her house, all that stuff happens, and it ends up, it took several months, but it turns out that the will of the Lord was to bless us with this beautiful new house that we are absolutely in, in love with. We just love it. But from the very beginning, I realized that it was more than that, that, you know, I, I believe that the Lord uh, opened the door to ministry in that neighborhood. So I have become very passionate about reaching that particular neighborhood. And so um, what I have been led to do, what I felt led to do by the Lord is, you know, everybody, if you, if you live in a place with, uh, it's kind of a sort of an HOA where there's an HOA there, but it's not super active. There's not a lot of fees and there's things that they have to take care of. For example, there's an island right outside our house and there's islands on the other side of the neighborhood and the people are trying to find volunteers to manage the islands, um, mow them, uh, weed them, all these things, and they just struggle with finding people to do that. Well, my, my goal is to reach the people in the community. So, so basically, me and my son, Jeremiah, just took the responsibility of doing that all summer for these islands. And the doors that has opened in, in the neighborhood are incredible. I really believe in, in this year, I'm hoping this year, that it's going to lead for the opportunity for that missionary phase to begin for me in that neighborhood. And so um, what, what did that took? It took a year of me committing myself to be mobilized without saying a single word about Jesus to anybody. Now, if they ask me, I'm going to tell them. But I tried to live my life in such a way that they saw it without me talking about it. 
And that has been happening. And I believe that that's kind of the picture of mobilization. And hopefully we can get to that phase where people are going to begin uh, having open conversations. And I've already had conversations with some of my neighbors and, uh, you know, talking about getting together for um, Bible studies, for prayer meetings, for all these things. And that's what we want to see. We want to see those kinds of things happening. Um, and I'm prayerful that 2022 is going to be the year that, that takes place. Yeah, I, I think, I think you know, years ago there was the term, um, oh, I can't remember what the term was, lifestyle evangelism. That was the term, right. lifestyle yeah. evangelism. And, and lifestyle evangelism kind of swung on the pendulum of, of like really radical outspoken evangelism door to door and all that kind of stuff swung on the pendulum of like, well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm just going to live and they're just going to see Jesus in me. And that's, that's not what you're doing. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we've got it. We do have to, it's, it's the combination yeah. of those two coming together, right. the center of that, where we've got to get into that world. And as we get into that world, our, who we are, the value, this is why we talk about being saturated, we talk about gospel fluency, being so full of his spirit and his word, the transformation in our lives, that that's gonna naturally just flow out of us in yeah. our everyday experiences. Right. And um, I, I could give you a lot of different examples. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant a little bit right, right. for two reasons. We want to highlight some of this stuff in January about incarnational living, because I think it flows perfectly with incarnational living. Um, and so we want to share some of those stories and testimonies because stories tell the story. Right. And so we want to do that. I, I'll, just, I'll just give you one quick personal mm-hmm. testimony. Um, you know, I, I, I of course... Uh, my daughter work is City Barbecue, mm-hmm. right? And um, I'm committed to that mission. I'm committed to that work. <laughs> yeah. Focused. Yep. I'm undeterred. I'm going to stay focused <laughs> on reaching City Barbecue. But I've, got, I've, I've built a lot of real meaningful relationships by just being there and by being around. And, you know, um, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a friendship that has developed with somebody there that, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I've, we've had conversations, we've talked about miracles. Um, you, you know, my, my friend John is a, is a tremendous man of faith. He's got a, he's got a tremendous heart for the things of God, actually has experienced some healing yeah. and just, just shared what God is doing in my life. We've shared back and forth. And so a couple of weeks ago, I walk in and, and he hollers for me to come back to his to his booth, and he says, hey, I got a question for you. What do you think about speaking in tongues as the evidence of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I was like, boom, right? Now, of course, you know how I answered it. Yeah. I, did, I answered the question with the question. Yeah. Well, what do you think about that? But it led to this great conversation. What opened that door? How many of you would love to have a neighbor, coworker, family member, friend ask you that question? How many? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, we, we're all like, ah, yeah, just give me that opportunity. Here's the reality. It, it took me about a year and a half yeah. of building relationship and, and just, just taking that step. You know how that relationship started? Here's how that relationship started. He sat in my booth at City Barbecue. <laughs> yep. I have my plaque on the wall that's got my name on yeah. it. That's my booth. And so I walked up to him one day, every, I, like several weeks in a row, he was, we'd, I'd go in on Mondays and he'd sit in my booth. And I walked up to him one day and I said, um, I said, excuse me. And he said, yeah. I said, I have a problem with you. 
And he kind of looked at me like, okay. I'm like, dude, you sit in my booth every week. What's the deal? <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? And so I showed him my plaque. And then, so it just kind of built that connect. Sometimes you just got to take that step, right? You just got to take that step to open the door, break the ice, and, and who knows what can happen from that. But I, 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 didn't, I don't go into City Barbecue with the intent of I'm going to walk in on Monday and I'm going to stand up on a, on a booth and be like, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. I've walked in, I've tried to build relationships with Mike and with Laura yeah. and with Becky. Yeah. And I mean, I go on down the list of people and, and John and he's introduced me. John is a person of peace. He's introduced me to probably 50 people. He introduced me to yeah. the nephew of Heisman, who the Heisman Trophy and Vince Lombardi, who the, the, the nephew of Vince Lombardi. So, I mean, he's introduced me to a lot of influential people, but it started with relationship, mobilized living, yeah. just being active where you are in being connected with people. And, and this is such a challenge for us because we live in such an isolated society. Come on, somebody. Can, can we all be honest that we all have a tendency right. to look inward and not outward? Yeah. And I love, I love that our church has done two things. I'll say two things, not just looked not just looked outward of the church, but looked outward of ourselves. And over the last year and a half, I have been absolutely beyond thankful for the care and compassion yeah. that we've shown for each other yeah. in the body of Christ, the church family. And I'm, I'm beyond thankful for this mobilized living of getting into our community and, and, and like key right. spaces of life where we live, where we work, and where we play. Yeah. So just two or three minutes in, in the context of everything we just talked about, this um, mobilization piece that we really saw taking root in 2021, what are some areas of focus that we should be aware of for 2022 or perhaps areas of opportunity that the Lord has prepared for us that we should be looking towards or reaching for? I think, I think it all comes back to, to one word, and that's relationships. I've been reminded. Uh, I, I do think one of the things that um, one of the things that COVID has done, one of the things that we've realized over the last you know, several months has been relationships are what matters. Right? Relationships are what matter the most, and um, I, I really, I really see there's something that once that door opens, right? Sometimes, sometimes we're isolated because of fear. Sometimes we're isolated because we've been hurt and wounded, and we don't want to put ourselves out there. But once you, once you start getting connected, and once you just start recognizing the power of the love of God, the power of loving people. It, it becomes, if I can say it this way, it becomes addictive. Yeah. That, the, the relationships and the connections, because here's the deal. God made each and every one of you with, with the component that for fulfillment comes from relationships. It's not good for a person to be alone. That's the, that's the plan of God. So what I see happening in 2022 is... I see 2021, I think, really got the ball moving. I think it really got the process started. I see in 2022 just the, the seeds that we've been sowing and building relationships, 
the seeds that we've been sowing and trying to build those connections, I think we're gonna start to see those come to fruition. And as we see them come to fruition, then it's gonna produce discipleship multiplication fruit yeah. that we've really been desiring, we've really been wanting. And how many of you believe in the law of the harvest? Amen. I believe in the law of the harvest. If you'll sow, you will reap a harvest. And I'm confident that in spite of the isolation challenge, in spite of you know, all the things that are going on around us, I am absolutely confident that if we'll continue to build relationships like we're doing, we're gonna see a, an explosion of just people experiencing the transformation of God Amen. in their lives. Amen. And when I think about 2022 and everything that we just said, I get this sense like, why not? Why This could be the year. You talked about this in the prayer before service today. This could be the year where the Lord fulfills the promises that he's made to you or that he's made to the church. This could be the year. I don't want to be the kind of person that thinks it's something so far off that I don't have my hand to the plow right now because this could be the year. And I think it's appropriate for us to give God glory and praise for that right now. Why don't we do that right now as we close this uh, session of First Things? Let's give God praise and glory because not just because of what he's done in 2021, but because we know that he's faithful and he's got so many good things in store this year. Jesus, we give you glory and praise. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have given to us and all that you have laid before us. We believe that you are a God that's faithful to every single word, that you are worthy of our trust and our faith. And we look forward to seeing what your hand does this year in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.